Welcome back to the Centre Half Bench, a lighter take on all things AFL. My name is Brenton, and with me is Carl. How are you going, Big Fella? I'm going great, mate. And for all you Melbournians out there, we've only <laughs> gone and done it. <laughs> we, <laughs> Here, it <laughs> Here it is! Here it is! After 60 years, we've been released, is. mate. We've been released. I got it. I'm sick of I'm sick of uh, being being stuck at home and only been able to go to work. So now I, 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 you know, love to be able to get out and about with you. So absolutely. And now the fact that it came out in the North Face jacket, I knew we were in for some good news. And just oh, mate, mate, you always know. Always when Dan know. comes out and he's not in a suit. You yeah, know, we're you good. Know good. Good news. We're good. He slept well. He's coming out. He's a little bit relaxed. <laughs> oh, the shoulders, shoulders were back, I reckon. Shoulders were back. He had a little back. cheeky smile. Yeah, you knew. You knew. <laughs> so, for all us Victorians, we are very much looking forward to retail and bars and pubs and everything reopening. Uh, it will be it will be great. Carl, this is a hysteric, uh, historic episode of the Centre Half Bench Podcast. It is. And that is because for the foreseeable future, this will be our last episode. And as it is said, but we have, we'll talk more about it at the end. But we will. We have decided. Hold on, hold on for hold the end of the episode. It. Hold on to <laughs> Hold it. on for the end of the episode. I think, I think, interestingly, we've gone from calling ourselves the center half bench to returning ourselves to the center half bench. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, we are looking to transition go- to actually playing the game of football once more. Which I, So, in the, in the true tradition of. You and me recording the centre half bench. I have popped open a fresh beverage. What do you got there, mate? What are you drinking? I've uh, I've listened to Dan Andrews tonight, and uh, <laughs> you know the the reporter, the lovely um, don't know her name, but the lovely reporter uh-huh. did say. Uh, so does Dan? Dan, does that mean we can return to get on the beers? And he goes, you know what? The cheeky little smile. Tonight I'll be reaching a bit higher on the shelf. Drop, drop the mic and walk out. So, <laughs> sipping on a nice little Japanese whiskey. Beautiful. I'm going to enjoy enjoy the last episode with you. I've cracked the head off the top of a crownie just because, and mate, I'll have to. I reckon I'll have to duck off to the fridge partway through because it's usually a two or three beer event. Yeah, that's, okay. that's right. That's why I've got the bottle next to me. Oh Jesus! I should. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carla was a grand final. Uh, it was a great grand final. Uh, mm. What was your moment of the round or of the week, really? Uh, my moment of the week uh, came from uh, Ash Barty being uh, selected as one of the um, uh, presenters of mm-hmm. the cup. I thought it was fantastic uh, little uh, thing for her to do and um, definitely deserved it. You know, those who think otherwise need a sense of occasion. She's one of the greatest athletes, regardless of gender, that the country has to offer. Over the last five years, she's been a phenomenal athlete, tennis player. She's a passionate Richmond supporter. It's in her own state. She's their number one ticket holder. Like, you know, she deserved to be there on grand final day and she deserved to present the cup. And I couldn't think of anyone more deserving on that day than her. So I thought that was a great moment um, for, for Richmond to give her that opportunity. Another one. For all you NRL lovers out there, now there's probably only two of them, me and uh, one other person. But up the storm, uh, we we did it against Penrith. Uh, you know, you 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 got to love it when you go and you play a sport that nobody else in the country gives a hoot about, besides yep. the northern states. Yeah. And you go you go into their territory, and they've had their like the AFL have had it tough, but the Storm have had it 
they've had like no families for the majority of the trip. They've been moved around from Sunshine Coast back down to Sydney, back up to Sunshine Coast. They've moved everywhere, um, and to come out and do what they did is one of the is is one of the great great stories, I think. And Papa now. Did you see, did you see this try? Uh, no, I watched the last uh, about 15, 20 minutes. So I saw the Panthers storm home, but I didn't see. Mm. Uh, I didn't Papa see the try. Running try down the wing. I yeah. think that's the fastest sprint I've seen on a sporting field really? ever. He literally, you know, when you when you see a guy sprint away, mm-hmm. and you know the the guys slowly start to catch him. Yeah. You know, even even when you're watching the Olympics, they slowly catch up. He went from, you know only a few feet in front to literally 20 meters ahead of everyone. Like, he was that much faster. And you can argue, oh, yeah, it's because the 130-kilo blokes running after him. But I tell you what, no one would have caught him that day. Can so, I ask? Because one thing I noticed was, as I said, I tuned into the end because I you know, wanted to see the finish. Um, the one thing that really interests me was the difference in the family interaction from the NRL team and then... The, the AFL grand final. So, obviously, mm. the NRL players were like literally their families were on the sideline and they were still like just fist bumping their family members. Um, whereas actually... then we saw in the AFL, and I don't know if this is because like the families are part of the hub or whatever. I'm not sure mm. if that's the same in the NRL. But I just thought it was really interesting, the contrast from like, here, I'm going to take my four children up onto the premiership dais as so opposed the, to not even hugging difference... my kids. The difference is that the ones, the family that were there, because mm-hmm. Melbourne Storm are made up of players that live in other kind, other states, states yep. predominantly. So, um, uh, the the ones that were still in the uh, so that were in it was played in New South Wales. Yeah. Um, so the ones that were still in in New South Wales were um, the family that were there but weren't in the hubs with them. So technically, they were still uh... social distancing. And not allowed right. to be a part of the hub, which is why they didn't have the family interaction. Right. So, yeah, that, 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 that's the difference, yeah. I thought it was jarring. I thought it was jarring. It was it was interesting. Anyway, well, I'll talk a little bit about it later. But no, the fall What was fact, your moment of the round? The thing, the fact for me, this is my moment of the round, but while we're talking about family interactions, things like that, um, I, 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 I really appreciated the way that the Richmond celebrations of the premiership really seemed to feel like a family affair. And at the time yeah. I was a bit like this is a bit weird. Not every person needs to take up their child onto the onto the <laughs> when, when Marlon Pickett walked up with six kids yeah, and well, <laughs> his grandma and his cousin's dog. So you know? I was a bit like I was a bit like come on this is this isn't this isn't necessary. But I think on reflection I think it was really nice to see like Richmond wouldn't have gotten to that position without su- the support of that fan- of their family members yeah. and things like that. Um, but the fact that we have a 10-year-old Oz-, Oz kicker who is putting the premiership medal around a Richmond player's neck whilst their three kids stand around their feet. But Lockie Neal had to go and pick up his Brownlow medal off the back of a, yeah. a bust. Do you think that they just they learned their lesson from that? Went that was a bit stupid. Maybe would we'll just. I think they did. I think they did. I think that they probably <laughs> missed a massive opportunity not having like yeah you know sign oh, whoever's up there. Alice. Yeah, Lee, we spoke about yeah, Black yeah. or yeah one of those. You know, just putting the anyone the thing over his head. Anyone. Yeah. Hey, it could have been. Um, would the, surely there's a presenter up there that could have done it. Like, yeah. I don't know, just something else. Mate, my uh, my moment of the round uh, came after the uh, the grand final, and that was um, 
the send-off that was given to who I still believe is the best player of the 21st century in Gary Abela Jr. Um, I thought, and, and I think that when a player retires, it really enables a true reflection of a player's portfolio. And to go back and look at the fact now, yeah, sure, he, he took the cash, he went to Gold Coast, but he still like uprooted his life from Geelong. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, like family name, very ingrained in Geelong Footy Club, went to Gold Coast, Tried his absolute was their best player every time he went on the park, and just unfortunately just didn't have enough people around him. Now there's lots of things to say the Gold Coast got their model wrong, but he missed out on a premiership by doing that. And I was really I was I thought Richmond win I tipped Richmond to win, but I was barracking for Geelong because I wanted to see Gary Ablett be a three-time premiership player. And when he went down and did his shoulder early in the game, it seemed like, you know, he were, he wasn't going to have the same impact that we expect of him. Like, he is an old body anyway, but he was he was broken after that. He came back on, was an amazing effort for him to actually even get back on the park. But, Didn't even lift his arm. Yeah, really. and just to actually, like, play out the game as, as a rotation was a huge effort. But the way that Joel Selwood at the end on the dais said, there's a little ball bloke over there, um, we love you, Geelong Footy Club loves you, and you're a legend of the game, was a great touch. And I thought, what a, what a great thing to say. But what Richmond did following that went to an entirely another level. I don't think... I have never seen that happen on a grand final stage in ever. The fact that the Richmond Footy Club had all received their premiership medals, they'd got, they'd had their photos with the premiership cup, Gary was over with his family... Um, and obviously with his wife and, the, and their uh, young son who's not very well, which, is, which was touching anyway. Richmond Football Club stopped their premiership celebrations. There's a photo online that talks about the fact they removed their actual their premiership medals, and I'm, I'm, I can't comment on that because I haven't really looked at it, but they set up a race down uh, either side for Gary Ablett to walk off the ground with a guard of honour, one of the greatest players the game's seen in the modern era, to be shown that level of respect after a premiership, like during premiership celebrations. What a massive tick for the Richmond Footy yeah. Club. I, I, um, I can't remember if you told me or if someone told me that um, Koch, um, I think it was led by Cochin and Rewalt. They spoke to Selwood about it before they got presented with the Premiership Cup. They went, we want to do this. And so he was aware that it was happening. I just thought, what a huge moment and what mm. uh, like huge respect for Richmond for doing that. I thought it was for... And like as much as like he's lost a grand final that, that comes with the heartache and everything of, of that happening, but for Ablett then to get like a proper walk-off, I thought I, I loved it. I, honestly, it was yeah, my no, moment was, of the grand final. Great, great, great look for for him and, and for the Richmond Footy Club as well. I think there is a lot to like about um, Richmond as as a, as a as the club and how it's run. Yeah. Like, you know, the, the, from the top, the way Hardwick speaks... You know, okay. Some people say it can be a bit whingy, but he he it defends his players. <laughs> he defends his players, yeah. and you want that from your coach. Mm. I think it's very different to Clarkson, who comes out most weeks and and complains. He only ever bites back when he is defending, rather than coming out and mm. making a statement. Um, the Sometimes board is run so well. Cochin, I think, is Great I better. still think he's the the best captain in the competition, hands down. 
Um, and that, that says a lot because a few years ago there was a lot of question marks around him as a as a player, let alone a leader. Mm. Um, so I think the club's come a long way and I think that the fact that they've done that was was massive. To stop your celebrations, yeah. uh, you know, plenty of pl- plenty of players have retired on grand final day. Um, maybe none to the level of what Gary Ablett was, but to show that level of respect, huge. Yeah, I loved it. Um, my other one was that Lockdown and COVID has introduced me to a world of new technology. And not even new t- technology, but new programming. My, mm. my, my Xbox gamer score has gone up another level. My, <laughs> my ability... I spent more, more money on video games in the last six months than I have on Lions memorabilia, which is... Oh, my God. Whoa, that's a lot of money. Um, the, the ability to um, video call, teach online. But the main thing that I hope that I continue to use after this is Discord. And those who don't know Discord, Discord is, it's basically a chat room, right? What I that it's an online it's an it's online chat room, private chat room, private chat room, which you can set up little, um, you can you can set up basically uh, boards where you can yeah. chat and you can talk and post things to each other. So it's basically having your own private Facebook, where the only thing you want to do is see the posts from the people that you like. Mm-hmm. In the same time, you can set up little rooms, like sub rooms, in your in in your Facebook, in your Discord, and then you can um, yeah you can chat in those rooms and whatever. It's it's private, it's fantastic. It's it's made for gaming. Generally, yeah. what happens is if you're a World of Warcraft player like me, yep. you have uh, your your raid in one section and your offices in the other uh, section. They bring you in and out when you when they need to talk to you about something. Jesus. Whereas in our chat, what happens is if someone's being an idiot. We put them in the sin bin and we wait for them to calm down and then they can come back out. Or so. I just mute them. I just turn the volume down on them. When ALS starts going whinging about umpires, I just turn his volume down, mate. <laughs> the amount of times I've been put in the sin bin. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, when, obviously, this grand final day was unlike any other I've ever experienced. For me, every... And it's kind of a niche thing, but I, I can, I can, I have vivid memories of every grand final. Like I can remember who was playing, where I was, and who I watched it with. Hundred percent. Going Me back too. to the year two thousand, right? Like, and it all kind of started year two thousand. Dad brought home from work one of the new laser projectors, which was all new and fancy at the time. Like this was sick technology, like a proper laser projector, and. We had people over at our place, into, and then obviously one, two, and three, uh, one, two, three, and four. I was fortunate enough to go, and whatever. The whole thing has always been about family or getting together. For this year, not being able to do that because of COVID and lockdown and everything was a was a huge change. But even what the way that we were able to get together on Discord. And although we weren't physically present, we were still able to watch the game and chat together. All the boys... Ride the bumps. It was just like the 2011 grand final when we sat at Arliss. (laughs) It was. Poor poor calf. You didn't get tickets to the game that day. You sat there with us, you and Adrian, two staunch Collingwood supporters, and we watched Geelong run over the top of you in the end. It wasn't. It wasn't. Mm. Then what what did you do on the way home? (laughs) I totaled my first car. (laughs) (laughs) The poor Kia ate it, mate. Ah, no. That, Wasn't it the Kia? Remember, I, uh, no, I had a lot of shit boxes before. Uh, what was the first one? It was a little white Suzuki, five door. Suzuki, nah, it was a black one. Suzuki Baleno. Oh. Don't you remember? The Which whale. was the one? Oh, okay. Because then the, and then the, I the, had Kia, the Kia come Kia, next. Where and I then did you... the Frank, Frankenstein nuts yeah. and bolts in the front. Yeah, you did yeah the... that was the Kia. 
That was okay. I've, I've had a, I've had a few little uh, fixer uppers. Um, you know, we, oh. ca- we can't all come out of come out of high school, mate, and and, <laughs> and have a and, and have a Volkswagen. Not you, I'm saying, oh, okay, like, okay. Volkswagen Golf for. You know? I was going to say mighty, <laughs> mighty Effie, the Ford Falcon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, I reckon my I reckon the Boleno had you for um, <laughs> horsepower for sure. For, yeah. Yeah, z- zero to hundred in about I think twenty-seven <laughs> seconds flat. <laughs> Mate, Effie made lots of noise, but she didn't go anywhere very quickly. Anyway, I loved that we were able to get together and experience a grand final together as much as we could in COVID. Because I honestly, it was yeah. um, I loved it. And, Let's talk about the, the, the good thing. Good thing about that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah as you know, as you said, you know, we we were able to enjoy vast majority of games during the year being able to get on and I think yep. that's one thing that I'm looking forward to next year is being able to hopefully being a Melbourneian yeah get to the games mm. go to the games with you guys again a little bit more because you can you can watch it and I I know, I know you enjoy watching your, your footy on TV I do but I tell you what <laughs> There's nothing oh, like being the there, and I miss <laughs> going to the footy so much. Oh, for sure, for sure. I miss, I miss sitting on the. I miss not being able to. I no, no. So I'm not going to miss being able to sit on the couch and watch Collingwood play without showing any emotion because my daughter's trying to sleep downstairs. <laughs> Barracking. I miss losing my voice from just shouting all day. Mm. I miss. I miss the train ride or the tram ride in. I miss that. And again, like for me, footy is such a family and a friendship gathering where, mm. you know, I haven't seen my cousin Ryan all year, right? And I mm. would normally, every time the Lions play, Ryan lives in Albury, we would get together and see each other and catch up and be silly at the football together. Like, and I, I cannot wait to do that again next year. Anyway, yeah, hopefully we'll be too. able to do it soon. Let's talk about this game, mate. Let's talk about footy. Richmond, 12-9-81, defeated Geelong 7-8-50 to see the Tigers get home by 31 points. And my headline was Dimasty. What was your headline? My headline is, uh, you know, uh, the Run the Jewels. Yeah. I love Run the Jewels. The song Panther Like a Panther. Yep. Well, the Tigers tigered like a tiger, mate, in in this game. They played their brand of footy and they brought it. And Geelong, try as they might, Try to be clean and slick off half back and do with their skills. But you and I kept saying it. Look up the field. Look at the what Richmond has set up. And yeah, the Cats got on top in the second quarter. But you always felt like the Tigers had it. You know, I, I'm watching the game. Yeah. I was watching and I thought Geelong aren't far enough in front. And the way that they're scoring goals isn't as free-flowing as Richmond being able to just walk it in. And they did it all final series, except against you guys, walk the ball in Mm. and kick goals virtually strolling into goal, besides Dusty's, you know, kick over his head and a couple of his miraculous (laughs) ones. I I just, I think the Tigers didn't have to work as hard to get their goals, whereas Geelong had to really kick around and, and go all across the ground to then get a set shot in the pocket or a set shot from 50 and try and nail it from there. And I thought that was the major difference between the two. I think the interesting thing for me is talking about like the game plan and the game style is that the one of the reasons that I thought or the way that I thought Geelong would win this game was if they were able to 
control the ball at all times. Richmond game is built off getting a turnover in the half-back line and then surge mentality, and they will outrun any team in the competition if they get a turnover off half-back. That is, that is how they play. But yeah. for me, the Geelong was the best control team in the competition. They were the best hold position, find a good kick, and, and slow the, and play the game on their terms. But they weren't able to do that. They weren't able to do that. They got pressured into moving it too quickly. They mm. tried to switch, and then the pressure from Richmond meant that their switches were getting cut, um, cut off on like the half forward line of the wing, not even like when, when they got up yeah. to, to um You, you know, looked up Richmond's the ground, back. and Richmond already had yeah. them covered. You're watching, I'm like, because we were watching it, and like, oh, yeah, Geelong's out. And I'm like, nah, They're look not. up the ground. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Richmond's already there. Their zone defense somehow got better in finals. Yeah. Someone put it to me that Geelong lost this game uh, rather than Richmond winning it. But I I couldn't disagree more. That's probably the most incorrect term I've heard all year. Was a Geelong supporter who told me that. But but, uh, Richmond made the environment of the game such of a high level of pressure that it forced Geelong to make fundamental skill errors and lose control, the control that has won them games all year, mm. and which then led into just them getting blown out. Like, I think for three quarters, this was a close, exciting contest. But even then, and as you said, even then, during that time, Richmond still looked like they were on top. They still looked like mm. they were the team to beat for me. Even, oh, I think Geelong got out to, what, 20-something points? 22 points or something at, at one stage. Yeah, and sure. I looked at the score. I looked at the score line, and I was like, "Richmond still feel like they're in this game. Like they're they're, they're a goal away from starting a landslide." Yeah. And it was just that, as you said, that manic pressure, where every time Geelong looked up to try and switch the ball, the defense had already been on, yeah. was on the other side. And it's like, okay, well then I have to go up the wing. And who was there? Noah Bolter was there to clobber it. No, Nathan Rod was there to clobber it. And at times, they almost conceded, like, the cheap kick up the side of the ground. Yeah, you have that. You can have that cheap kick yeah. because we're going to get across quicker than you can think. Yeah. And then you look at the players that they've got. Shane Edwards, Shy Bolton, uh, Kane Lambert, uh, Camden McIntosh, all those players that have got good leg speed. Even Butler, and they're yeah. Just, even, yeah. And they're transitioning right across the ground. Yeah. For sure. Um, I thought, especially early, like, mate, it was it was on and it was so exciting the first five minutes and then it all stopped because <laughs> Paul Vlosten was sent into next year. Um, oh, Vlosten, Vlosten goes, oh, are we, are we playing at the MCG next what? week? <laughs> well, oh, mum, what, what time have I got to go to school in the morning? He was, he was, he was smashed. And I With think when I saw it live, I, I like questioned, I'm like, Danger could be in trouble here, obviously because, you know, he'd, he'd made high contact. But in watching the replay, I, I like totally agree with the MRO that Danger had, t- had punched the ball, and then like like what's he supposed to do with his hand? Like he he's literally pulled it back in, and unfortunately, then has yeah. collective lost it on the way. If through. you slow it down to the the nth degree, yeah, frame by frame, it looks exactly. it, frame by frame, it looks terrible. But mm. if you actually play it at normal speed, he's running at full tilt. Vlosten's yeah. running at full tilt. He has a less than a second, I reckon, point seven of a second to go from fist out. Yeah. To arm in. Yeah. I'll, I'll put something to you. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I'll put something to you. So, because Danger is such a skilled athlete, he was able to 
make his fist contact the ball. If Danger didn't touch the ball, so say he still stretched out his arm, but didn't make contact with the footy, is he more likely to be in trouble? Yeah, I think so. Which is the, which is what we've spoken about all year, but it's like the result versus the action, which is not okay. I, I yeah. agree with you, by the way. Well, if he well, had like his... stuck his arm out but missed the footy and then collected lost and high, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it would have been a different he, story. I, I almost, I almost think, and I don't know, I've never been punched in the face before, but <laughs> I almost think uh, that if the fist would have done less damage than the open forearm to the side of the head. Yeah, okay. I feel like the fist would have obviously caused like a split and maybe, you know, would, 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 it would have been bloody painful. Yeah. But copying the full brunt of, you know, a guy that works out in the gym every day is a forearm <laughs> to the side of the head. I reckon that did more damage than the fist. But at the same time, if he collects his head before hitting the football, uh, yeah. it, it's tough, but I think he gets a week. Mm. You know what I mean? <laughs> It is tough. It's just an, an interesting hypothetical. And then obviously with yeah. Abla going down as well, and then at that stage we weren't sure if he was going to come back. And it oh, was, mate, it was carnage. If you could, if you, if it could dangle in the socket, he was coming back on. This there is, is this, no way in his last game. This is that the same man who doesn't on. have pain. He would like he wouldn't ha- accept pain medication in hospital. I don't think he would have taken pain medication. I think he just you, would have had it put back in, hundred percent. No man. jab. He would have. He would have just popped it back in, copped the pain. Oh I, I've, I've had it. I've had it. I've had my shoulder pulled oh, out before. Here we go. You put it. You put it back in, and you're in a lot of pain. Yeah. Yeah. But when you, you you, you can still kind of move around a little bit, but yeah. with enough strapping and enough want to get back out there, I didn't yeah. have the want to get back out there like yeah. Gary Ablett did. Um, <laughs> Um, you hundred percent. You could tell the way he was walking all yeah. game. It was like lopsided, but I don't think he would have taken anything for it. Played my last AGSV game with an AC joint. Yeah. Started a fight and everything. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've told that story in the past. Anyway, I think you have. Yeah, <laughs> go back. Go back through the old ar- ar- archives of the CHP. <laughs> Check that one out. Oh, shout out to uh, Mr. Bullen for archives. Um. <laughs> Uh, we've got a few questions uh, we want to ask you, but um, I just want to um, point say, out one thing. Is there any thing. other things we want to talk about the game before we can move we on? just can we just thank the beautiful American Mason Cox for playing the prelim of his life, <laughs> or we'd be talking about a four peat. I just want to. I just want to let, let, let. I just want to let that sink into the people. There's no way Mason Rich, Cox. There, there is no way. He's got there a head absolutely like a no way that Richmond lose to West Coast in 2018. I think that they, if they beat us, yeah. they 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 beat us. So good. I I think that if that Mason year they were so good. They should have gone back to back. That they should year. have gone back to more back more so than this year. If they win that, four P. Got four. Thanks, Mason. Good on you, Mason. <laughs> good on you, Mason. Thanks for having one of your tw- one out of twenty good games in a preliminary yeah, final. Yeah, he only needs he only needs to have good games in finals. Yeah, mate. that's it. Final specialist, <laughs> September specialist. That's it. Um. <laughs> Um, the, I suppose the only other thing that I, I wanted to mention was just, and I'm not sure if you're going to talk about this later, but I think that sometimes when danger is played up forward, cause we haven't, apart from, you know, we haven't really spoken about him. When danger is put up forward, it makes Geelong's forward line incredibly dynamic. Mm. But when he is played up forward, 
they lack the ability in the midfield. So, I was really surprised at the amount of time that Chris Scott persisted with Dangerfield up forward. I thought in this game in particular, especially in the third quarter when it was like there to be one, it was there to be one, he spent like the majority of the quarter at full forward or like in the forward line. I, did, I don't know. They're just poor, poor coaching decision or is hindsight 2020? Uh, I was listening to, um, I was actually listening to, it was during the year, um, Swanee and Friends. And he, he, oh, yeah, there's a reputable and, podcast. <laughs> but I was listening to Dane Swan talk to. Um, oh, the, here we go again. Another, another, another reputable uh, Dale <laughs> Thomas. And they were talking. They were talking about um, players playing forward, like midfielders resting forward. Yeah. And a lot of the time, and I and I actually thought that this was brought up on uh, 360 as well a couple of weeks ago when when Dangerfield played forward for most of the game and didn't elect to play midfield. Mm. And and then, yeah, there was the talk of, you know, uh, Geelong playing with a midfield mix that they haven't had all season. And it was like Reece Stanley, Jordan Clark, Jed Buse and something like that. And a lot of the time, it's actually the player that makes the call on when they want to go into the middle. It's not the coach. Yeah, right. The coach has a set set of plays yeah and they would have their Dan Swan made yeah. comment that if I needed to go on the bench I told Mick when I wanted to go on the bench because I'm not fit you know what yeah. I mean like a, I'm a burst player and Daisy's like the same if I was on half forward I could play there all day but if I wanted to go in the middle I'd go tap side bottom on the shoulder or someone on the shoulder and say hey mate you're going to go to full forward a lot of the decisions that come on the ground uh, that's right. It was Nick Reedwalt that was talking about it um, uh, on uh, on the before the game when they had that mix of players that weren't um, uh, that hadn't played in the in the centre all year. And he said, if you think that like that directive comes from Chris Scott, mm. it's not. Danger would have Danger and Selwood like if they need to come off, they need to come off. If Danger wants to play forward, he will play forward. I know some of it may come down to. Chris's structure mm. and everything, how he wanted to play the game, and they may have trained the week with Danger playing one out in the square and whatever. Yeah. But I actually think it would have come down to him in the end when he wanted to go in there. And I, 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 I put a lot of the onus, and one of my questions, I'm going to ask you the question now. Ask him now, please. What did you make of his game, and did he do enough in the biggest game of his career? Dangerfield. Yeah. No, absolutely not. I did. Yeah. Uh, if I had to give him a value, I probably would have given him a five. Mm. I don't think he had nearly enough impact on the footy without having his without having his statistics in front of me. One of the players who has been most. I'll tell you what they about, were. Yes, please. I'll tell you what they were. Please. He had um, he had twelve touches. Mm-hmm. He kicked one goal from yep. a soft free kick. Yep. One goal, one. He had five scoring involvements, which was his lowest tally for the season, mm-hmm. and he zero score involvements. He only took one mark, and it wasn't inside 50, and it was uncontested. For the player who's been most spoken about coming into this game as the, now you get your opportunity. Like, you are going to have the opportunity to win a premiership. Almost looked like deer in the headlights. Almost Mm. looked like he didn't rise to the occasion. He... And like to a certain point, I've uh, you know almost wonder if he got too far ahead, 
too far ahead. You know, like sometimes think, you can talk about so. like the sense of the occasion is overbearing and you almost like go out, you could become like, I was, I'll, we talk about in year 12 PE, we talk about um, sports psychology and about arousal levels, right? And one of the main mm. things about playing in a grand final is becoming over aroused, like outside that optimal level of arousal. It almost seems, and knocking out one of the opposition's players wouldn't have, wouldn't have helped this, but it almost seemed like danger was over aroused. It seemed like he was outside. Um, yeah. I don't know. Like for me, I, I expected him to do more. So yeah, if I was to give his his game a, like a five out of ten, is what I probably would do. What do you think? I thought that he was in his own head before the bounce had started, mm-hmm. um, and yeah. I think that you can talk about how well Nathan Broad played because, upon reflection, he did play a very good game on Dangerfield mm-hmm. up forward, um, really nullifying him in every marking contest. I've seen this in Dangerfield before. And there's no there's no doubt in Dangerfield being one of the best, if not on his day, the best player in the AFL. Yeah. When he's on, he's on. But there's a side of Patrick Dangerfield which kind of speaks volumes on why he hasn't had that great success. And I think it is on the back of now no 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 one player wins a grand final on his own. Not no. saying that it's his fault. No. But watching him play in these types of games, some certain times of games, on why I don't think he'll ever be considered as one of the all-time greats of football is because when he does get inside his own head, he starts to play a very contrived version of football. Mm -hmm. He tries to overcommit. He backs into contests. He sorry backs out of contests. He chooses not to play in the midfield. And he kind of shines away from the moment. There were times, multiple times, where they needed Danger to crash and bash the pack. Mm. But he elected to drop his legs in the marking contest to play for a free kick. There were times they needed Dangerfield to go into the, the, the contest on the half-forward line. But he elected to stay one out in the square. Mm. That's not what you want from a champion player. And I think when you come down to talking about the greats that never won one, you talk about Nathan Buckley, you talk about Robert Harvey. Okay, yeah, Dana's got a brown loan, but he's nowhere near that conversation because those players never backed out. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he, that's just part of his game that has let him down over his career. I'm not saying he's not a good player. I just no. think that's what holds him back. And I'm, I'm in the same boat. I probably have him at a four out of 10, five out yeah. of 10 for that game. I thought he was... Very subpar. I think it was kind of interesting that we, we we went back and we were looking at old Facebook posts when Richmond won it in 2017, mm. things like that. I think my opinion of Dangerfield has gone backwards. Like, I thought Dangerfield was an out-and-out star in that... Like, I made the comment that when Dusty, like, had no doubt had the best individual season that we'd seen up to that point, mm. right? But I still kind of felt like Danger was the best player in the AFL. Mm. Um, and I think that I think he hasn't like he's he's getting worse. He's not getting better. I don't know. Mm. I think my opinion has shifted from like Dangerfield being within. I still think he's like right up there. I still think he's one of the best oh, players in the still, competition. He's one no of the doubt. top five players in the no competition. Doubt. But I don't think, like you said, I don't think he's in the Nathan Buckley, Robert Harvey discussion. Of- yeah, you look at you look at those kinds of players. You look at Dangerfield and what he adds to Geelong, and I think. What I'm guess I'm trying to get at is that his best is best in the AFL. Yeah. His worst 
that he has more bad games than any of those other players. Yeah, I think that's a good call. Yeah. And that's not what a champion does. Mm. And to have a bad game when his club needed him to make the right calls and not play one out in the square when they needed him on the wing and not back out of contests and that kind of thing. When he made those choices, in his own head, he was done. He was not going to have the same impact he did against Collingwood a couple of weeks before where he was the best player on the ground or against you know Port Adelaide where he was electrifying and nearly got his side over the over the line and you know even against Brisbane last week he was fantastic so yeah look I, I don't want to knock him but I just think <laughs> we have I've taken a, taken a pretty big clip yeah um, I just think that That's he's not he's not in that, that the conversation of those kinds of players yeah right um, speaking on the Geelong uh, theme uh a lot of talk about their inclusions coming in for the 2020 se- 2021 mm. season. Um, I want to focus on one. Now, they are the oldest list in the competition. They do have a slow game plan, which is very different to the GWS, like electric, we'll, run, we'll outrun you, we'll outgun you. Does Jeremy Cameron rebound Geelong into being another premiership fancy in 2021? Oh, I think so. I think... <laughs> We spoke about it briefly um, a couple of times, you know, sort of over the course of the year. You know, we're waiting for Hawkins to fall off. You know, what happens mm-hmm. when Ablett's not there? Harry Taylor's not going to be there next year, I don't think. Yeah, um, no, no, yeah. Yeah, and you, you, you've you got all these stalwarts that are now either in their twilight or gone. What does the new Geelong look like? And I think that there's still a good mix there of young talent. Um and they've been very good at always topping up that talent and having a good mix of players coming in that are like free agents and then a good mix of the young, you know, from the Geelong Falcons, that kind of um, yeah, that talent feeder pool. program, that mm-hmm. talent pool. Um, I don't see them tapering off next year. I still see them as a top eight contender, if not a top four contender. Who are your lattice sliders this year? Mine this year? Yeah. I Geelong. Yeah, is Geelong going to slide? No, no, no. I've got him. Got him in. Got, I'll have him in my top eight next year. I yeah. just think that. <laughs> I think bringing in a Jeremy Cameron gives them a second string. Does it hurt Hawkins? Probably not. Where does Dangerfield then play? Because their dynamics been good. Well, Jeremy Cameron's not a traditional half forward or full forward. He kind of plays up the ground a bit, so you can almost get away with Danger playing forward, but with. Ablett no longer in the side and Selwood getting older and, you know, the reliance now on Duncan as your best midfielder, mm-hmm. maybe Danger has to spend permanent midfield minutes. How does that look going forward? So I, I think that they'll be fine, personally. I think, yeah, I think Brad Crouch on nominating St Kilda means that, that he won't move, but it seems more and more likely that Sean Higgins might find his way to Geelong. I still think they'll be right it up should the be huge. Remembering huge. Jack Stevens being injured as well, yep. he's still a great footballer. I know he's in his maybe 29 or 30, mm. maybe even 30. Um, he still has a lot to offer if he can get his body right. You add Sean Higgins, a fully fit Jack Steven and uh, Jeremy Cameron, and that's a premiership contending list. Yeah, so sure. I don't think that there's going to be any issues for Geelong next year. <laughs> you got a question for me, Matt? I do. Um, now that it's happened, because I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, yeah. where do Richmond sit in the modern era teams? Um, now that have won their third premiership in four seasons. Now, they haven't gone and done it three in a row, and I understand that. Yep. But I think what 
the other teams haven't done in that period is they've made it to prelims, you know, as well. Um, you know, obviously, yeah, Brisbane sure. made the fourth, you know, and and all that kind of stuff. Um, where do where do you rank them? If you have to rank rank them again, Brisbane, Hawthorne, Geelong, and Richmond. What are the modern era? What's your top four? In okay, order? so I previously spoke about the fact that I think that we can't. I don't want to assess this team until it's done because at the minute, as you're saying, they could their list health there and their the amount of youth that they have and the the talent that they have on they're just as likely to go around. They're a contender again next year, no doubt for mm. me. They've just gone back to back. Could they do a three P and like four in five years like that that incredible to think about based on now based on winning based on on winning four and five (sighs) okay based on winning three and four sorry I I want I was going to ask a a a naughty question right Mm. which was the fact that there are some Richmond players on that list who are lucky to be three time premiership players now I'm not like I said it's a naughty question it's a bit rude. Mm. Like you were part of a fantastic team in a fantastic I feel, system. Yeah. But when I went I through like the list, there's a right? lot of lists. No, so so hear me out. So I went through the list and I was trying to find like who are the luckiest players to have won three premierships. You look through the Brisbane Lions premiership side, and a lot of players played in two, but not three. So like Robert Copeland played in two. Um, Jamie Charman played in two. Um, other like Des Headland obviously came in um, later, and he didn't. He wasn't there the whole time. Um, then looking at like Geelong's list, and I think Geelong was obviously a lot more spaced out. Like yeah, I can't, you almost forget like Nathan Ablett was was part of their uh, their 2007 mm. Premiership side, right? Like, but he only won one. Um, then you look at other players from from that uh, from that. Like I was looking at like Matthew Stokes. He was one I was kind of thinking of. He only played in two. Uh, and then from like the, there were 17 players who played in Hawthorne's three-peat and they're all Jets. They're all yeah. Jets. There's you know, the, like the the lowest one in my opinion and by no means is he a bad player was Brad Hill, right? And you, this, this guy, I've just had a look, he's averaged 17 touches and a goal in all the grand finals. <laughs> so you compare that's, that, that's an average player. <laughs> compare that to, right, exactly. That's what I'm trying to say. Mm. You compare that to Richmond's three team. Sorry, you compare that to Richmond's list who have won three premierships. There are a few Mm. players on there that raise a few up. Daniel Rioli for one. So my question was going to be, who's a luckier three premiership, three time premiership player, Brad Hill or Daniel Rioli? And for me, it's Daniel Rioli, no doubt. Oh, hundred percent. Um. So. I am not trying to devalue what this side has achieved. And I think it's on the mm. back of having the most explosive, exciting, impactful, strongest player in the competition in Dustin Martin. It's having one of the best captains in the AFL in Trent Cotchin. And it's having an architect of a system and a game plan that has put all the strengths together this Richmond list with their incredible backline and their incredible speed and translated it into a winning score. So that goes to Damian Hardwick. Is this team better than the Geelong team? For me, then they do not compare with the Hawthorne or the Brisbane. That's right out, right out. Mm-hmm. Are they better than the Geelong th- triple premiership teams of, of 7, 9, and 11? And I don't think so. I don't think so. 
I still think that team, that group of players for Geelong that won three premierships, was a better group of players than what this Richmond team is. Then why didn't they win more premierships in a less amount of time? Because the competition was better. I don't know, Carl. Don't ask me questions I can't answer. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the that's the thing. I I would argue that 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 era, okay, mm-hmm. you had a dominant Sydney. Yeah. Not even Sydney. Sydney weren't quite there yet. They're around the mark. You had a dominant Collingwood team. Yeah. You had a dominant St Kilda team. Yeah. And you had a dominant um, Western Bulldogs team. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And then that. you had then you had the Cats. Yeah. And they were the four teams really over that period that dominated. And yep. then you had you know your your one year Adelaide did well, Sydney did well. Mm. I would argue now the competition is more fair and even than it's been back then because. If you go look at the points differential of those teams back then, as in how many how many games they'd won mm. versus the teams in the bottom half, you had teams on let's like, seventy two points and teams on twelve. Mm. You know what I mean? Like like, and there were more teams on twelve than there were the ones at the top. I think it's a fairer competition now than it's ever been, as in a more even spread. I would argue that Geelong had I'm not saying they had it easier, but yeah. Geelong had less teams to to really, I guess, compete against that were dominant in that era. Now, is this Geelong team now better than the St Kilda team that was through those years? Is this Geelong team better than, you know, the, uh, or was last year's GWS team better than the Collingwood of 2010-2011? Probably not. Mm. But there were more teams that I think Richmond had to conquer to get those three premierships than what um, Geelong did over that time. And they've done it in less time, which for me, I think, is a massive factor. And why I would put Richmond third mm-hmm. with Hawthorne second and Brisbane first. Yeah, right. I, I respect that. I like that. Carl, and I think oh, if yes, yes, Richmond win four in a, three in a row yep. and four in five, yep. the argument then puts them at number one. Yeah. Because no team's done it no team's done it yep. in a shorter amount of time than them. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, I yeah, I have to have to give you that. It's it opens a new conversation. Because then you're mm. talking about a three P plus one if they yep. were to go again. And they played in a prelim in the middle of that. So they could have won five in a row. Mm. Part of me thinks your prelim did Brisbane play in a prelim in two thousand ninety nine. No, no, 99. Brisbane played in uh, the fourth premiership. Pre- prelim, semi, and then mm. premiership, 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 grand and final, grand and final, off. but didn't win. But then Richmond, they've won more premier, the same amount that they would have, they would have won if they win next year, mm-hmm. more premierships than all of them in a short, in a shorter span. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's a, why I think. That's why I think if you're rating a team on success, they're the most successful team. Yeah, right, Carl. Mm. Is the night grand final here to stay? Oh, mate, we've got another hour to talk about this because I think uh, <sighs> oh, I I didn't like it. Why not? And maybe that's maybe that's me being the old-fashioned, you know, <laughs> or maybe I'm being the the traditionalist, you know, the the guy that wants the the afternoon final. But I just felt like there was nothing, nothing. To do during the day. Yeah. I, here's I don't know about you, Brenton. Here's my grand final day, my normal grand final day. Please, okay? I'd love this. It would be wake up in the morning, 
all right, you know, open the paper, mm-hmm. go get a coffee, whatever, sit on the footy app, watch everything, watch the grand final, you know, preview shows, breakfast, all that kind of stuff, you know, get excited, even though your team's not in it. Then go o- and then you after that, go over to where you're going. My mum's house, mm-hmm. my auntie's house, my cousin's house. Go on and see the boys and watching the game. By the time you've gotten there and had lunch, the game's about to start. Okay, and then you go straight into the the euphoria of the grand final. You're there. You're, you've been g'd up from the morning. You know, I'm a big morning person, Brenton. <laughs> you are. All that energy has built up, and I'm there, and I'm enjoying the game, and I'm, you know, I'm loving it. And even if it's a crap game, it's exciting. Yeah. I'm having fun. And then the game's over, and it's seven o'clock, seven thirty maybe. Seven, Jesus. My team's my team. Two thirty, car. Six thirty, (laughs) six thirty. Game's over six thirty. People start to trickle home, open a nice bottle of red, sit back, reminisce about, you know, how Collingwood stuffed up again, not making a final series or not winning, and oh, how our chances of winning at the premiership next year. How good the lines are going to be next year? Yeah, absolutely. That's it. I feel like after. The grand final finishes. All right, guys, I'm off to bed. Yeah, in this one. And part of me thinks that for a night grand final to work, the focus can't be on making it an uh, an event, uh, making it a spectacle. You need to celebrate the game that is. Um, I think that if they got the entertainment right, maybe I would have been more into it. Maybe I would have been more into it if it wasn't a... Um, such a failure in the pre-game entertainment. Maybe I would have been more into it if I was sitting with you, you know, sitting with you at home and and, and had the barbecue and had everything leading up to it. But we didn't. And by two o'clock, as I'm sure you'd say, there was nothing else to watch. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I I wholeheartedly agree with every word you just said. And so yeah. for me, because you said, I would do exactly the same thing. I would get up. I'm not a big paper reader, but I might have a little flick through the... Oh, on grand final day, I love yeah. I love reading what they're saying. You know, whoever that. they do a big write-up on, yeah. they're going to have a terrible game. So, you look <laughs> for that player. Um, you make sure you don't get him in the sweep, no matter what. Yep. Then you go and read like all the other excerpts. Oh, this guy used to play for Barwin and, you know, or this guy used to go play for whatever. And there's all these like little stories that trickle yep. throughout the day. And I felt like that was done. You know, and then yeah. I had to wait seven hours for no, the game. It, so for me, I always used to watch a North Melbourne Grand Final breakfast because it used to be televised and all that. Mm. And that's gone by the way. So I've been the last few years. I've, I've, the longest kick across the Yarra has become, yeah, part of my Grand Final like morning, and I love it. And obviously they they weren't able to do it. I, I don't even I didn't even even know if it was on this year. I, I would just assume they weren't able to do it because of COVID. Um, but I and so then that then leads into I'll watch all the footy shows I'll read everything I'll listen to like the Triple M Rub which normally starts at twelve and that and it's exactly the same as you I will then go somewhere I'll have my or I'll have my beers ready to go um, you know I'll have. I'll have usually a sausage and bread before I start. Uncle Dave will put the pies in the oven ready to go for half time, and we will be set to then watch the game. Exactly the same as you. I did all that morning stuff and like I consumed all that media mm. and two o'clock came and I was like, well, what do I do now? Oh, time to go clean the house. Uh, uh, time to go go legit. for a walk. That's exactly what I did. Time to go. And I listened to something. All that build up is now gone. Yeah. And for me, 
if we are making decisions about the time that we play the final game of the AFL season based on how pretty the halftime and pre-game entertainment looks, then that's that's not okay with me. That's not okay with me. I get I get that people said, and I I agree that it looked great, right? Shepherd were great Fantastic. at halftime. Joker and the Thief was great. It was great to have it in the dark and have the fireworks. But if you want to go to a music concert, go and buy tickets to see Shepherd, and you can go and watch them in the dark, and you can go and watch their pretty light show. But if I if I want to watch the football. I couldn't care less who was on a halftime. I could not care less half-time, who was the pre-show entertainment. Halftime entertainment should be, and all entertainment that is on grand final day should be an extension yes, of, of the product. what is there, yes. of the product. And the product is football. So if I'm watching football, I don't want to listen to covers of Cher. I don't want to <laughs> listen to you know, ballads that are putting me to sleep. Our city, our city got a rollout. I haven't had that song in forever. I'm all, I'm already asleep because it's seven o'clock and I'm, (laughs) I've waited all day for this and you're boring me with this. Thank God for Joker and the Thief, mate. Joker and the Thief coming on. Otherwise I would have, (laughs) (laughs) I was losing my mind. And then, um, I think, okay, Brenton, put it this way. Yeah. I'd almost, I'd almost be happy. Okay. To give it another go, in a different format. If yeah. they were to maybe do, I know people are going to get upset, but a twilight fixture that would start the game in the afternoon and give you your halftime entertainment at night. Remembering the grand finals in September, we don't have daylight savings yet. By six o'clock, by six thirty, it's already dark, so you can have your light show and whatever. I still think it was a failed experiment this year, and it's going to need a lot of work next year to get the entertainment right to sway people back to it because there's been more backlash and more hate from this year's grand final than there has been in recent years about let's do a night grand final. You know what I mean? So I think the argument of the game looks better at night slash day is so subjective and such a 50-50 split that that argument in itself is a null. It's void. Mm. They cancel each other out. Yeah. It's got to come down to the feel of the day, and if they can pick the entertainment that matches the feel of the day, that's probably how I would look at it. And if I look at it this year, one, the feel of the day was terrible. It's probably the worst feel of the day of the grand final I've ever had until the game started. Yep. And second, the entertainment did not match enough for me. Um, and if the game was saved by a light show, which for me was okay, I'd I'd put it in the bin. It so, doesn't. That can't justify pushing the game back five hours. I couldn't agree with you more. No, I couldn't no. agree. We don't always agree, but in this, every word you just said was absolutely perfect. Mate. <laughs> Look, and you know the other thing that really is grinding my gears at the minute is that mainstream media coming out and saying, "Oh, did you see how fantastic the ratings were? We will never see a day grand final again because nothing, the ratings were off the chart." On. Everyone's at home. We would normally have. 20 people over at one house for a barbecue. Instead, there are 20 people at that one house each watching the game. The ratings are inflated because people yeah. are not together, because people are separated. Even like between us, we have what we have five blokes on the Discord. We would have been five together TVs otherwise. Five TVs are running, right? 
I yeah. don't understand how people can go, oh, it was fantastic, three million is the most of all time. Well, no, they will never go back to being a daytime. You can't use those ratings to justify moving to a night grand final. That is just ludicrous to me. That is, you are not analyzing the data. That is simply seeing a number and just making an, and making an evaluation from that. Yeah. That's just, would, I, would I have gone and paid money yeah, to go and see these teams, uh, see these performances, see these um, artists live? Maybe DMAs um, and mm. and Wolf, and Wolfmother. Well, it was it was just Stockton anyway. Um, hey, Andrew Stockdale is Wolfmother. Oh, Stockdale, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Andrew Stockdale. He is Wolf. Wherever he goes, mate, it is Wolfmother. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. But like, I, but yeah. that's the thing. Like, we've you'd probably see those too. Everyone else, yeah. It's the same as I. Last year, I wouldn't have gone to see Tones and I, and I think she did no. really good before the grand final, and it was during the day. I don't think it's necessary to have it. I cannot I cannot justify having it at night because the entertainment looks looks great. We are not America. This is not the Super Bowl. We are the AFL grand final. I don't know. Like, I'm just making it up here, but I would assume that, like, the time zone for America, is it... Are they behind us? Do you know this? What's the, if they're, it's seven thirty p.m. They're a day behind. They're a day behind. If it's seven thirty so p.m., what's the time in America? Okay, let's work it out. Let's work it out from watching basketball. If it's I'm about, watching, it's about a five a.m. Two thirty p.m. If I'm watching a two thirty p.m. game, Carl, it's about four forty a.m. in Cleveland. It is right now. You've just checked it. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> okay, okay. I was going to use my prowess of okay, uh, basketball to work it out, but no, 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 that's okay. 4.45 a.m., it's probably about where I was landing. So, it's I was going to say 5 a.m. In Los Angeles, it's 1.40 a.m. At, at, mm. at 7.40 when the game would start. They're not going to be watching it. Even still, I couldn't care less. I'm not. We're not making our grand finals a product for America or for other people or for other countries mm. to consume. Oh, anyway, I'm getting upset now. <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's talk about our my votes last, eh? or do you we got another question for my me? last oh actually no nah, I think we can move on it's not really that good of a question to be honest yeah I was trying to get into a stretch too uh, nice and easy <laughs> three, two, one. Um, my three votes went to Dustin Martin I thought he was clearly the best player on the ground I thought he's um, real shout out to dad I know you'll be listening dad the fact that uh, when Dusty lined up for a shot on goal uh, it was about 50 metres out he's, he's gone the big around the corner kick and he shanked it it was a shank no doubt and Dad messages me and goes, Dustin, the square. Dustin Martin, all strength, no finesse. It's like, no finesse. Glenn, have you been watching this man play football for the last... I think he might, he might add a few. Might add and a then few he gets a lace-out pass inside oh. 50 on, on the... On and then he kicked, no he kicked the... In, in traffic, banana. kicked the dribbler, dribbling banana through. And then... <laughs> And then you got on the bandwagon after he shrugged danger off and snapped it around the body. It's like, no finesse? Are you sure? No, I, I said all strength, dot, dot, no finesse after he did that. Um, sorry, Glenn, but you're wrong. When you're wrong, you're wrong. When you're wrong, um, you're wrong. He was also my three votes game. Yeah. Uh, best big best big game player I think we've ever seen in our lifetime and probably the best big game player ever. So mm -hmm. Three three norms, first player to ever win three norms with medals is a huge accolade. It just, in three grand finals too. Yeah. <laughs> um, I gave my two votes to Titch Edwards who... Um, I know Jaden Shaw got a lot of love in the Norm Smith, and I think like the the most common voting was was Martin um, Short Edwards, but I really think that Shane Edwards is so instrumental to Richmond's game mm -hmm. plan, and part of me his work around the ball is the main reason why they can play that slingshot fast running game. It's his work that enables that plan to succeed. So for it's me, he was my clearance. two voter. 
It's also his clearance number. He was the leading clearance player on the ground with yeah. nine. I think he was. He's just. He's so silky in yeah. traffic, and him and Shrey Bolton have become a very, um, a, a, a very deadly combo, uh, if you will. The two of them in tandem are just so unpredictable, weaving in and out of traffic. Um, he was also my two votes. Yeah. Now my one vote is different to yours, because mm-hmm. I thought this player deserved more credit than what he got, because I Definitely. thought that this player kept Geelong in the game for three quarters of it. And even although his second half wasn't as strong as his first, I still think that... That's because he was chasing the whole time. Tom (laughs) Stewart, who is a fantastic intercepting, rebounding defender, had to then play a one-on-one role, which I still think... He's faded a bit in the third, but I think in the final quarter, he actually did pretty well, despite the Mm. final 10 minutes when it became party time and everyone kind of tuned out. Mm. So, for um, Tom Stewart's defensive efforts, he gets my one vote. I gave the one to Jaden Short. Uh, and besides his absolute mar of a kick for the first one, when I said, oh, he's my boy, because <laughs> he's been my boy. He's been my boy for the last two years, mate. He's been in my fantasy team since, I think, 2017. I do think he's been in there. Um, I really like the way he plays. I think this year he's become a lot more damaging. Um, and besides that shocker of a kick... As you said, the way Shane Edwards is the architect, mm-hmm. I feel like Short is their architect in the kick-in. Um, yeah. The way that he sets up and the little things that he does where he kicks it and then he will run to space rather than run to where people are. And he always creates that option. And he's, it's hard to find a, a, a halfback flanker like that that, that, that is smart and, and tries to move the traffic across. So I thought this was probably one of the best games I've seen him play um, for the for the club. So, yeah, I gave him my one. I like that. So that means that our Voss Buckley medalist for 2020 is Dustin Martin on 11 votes throughout the season. Uh, Titch Edwards, Shane Edwards, he came in second with seven. And then Patrick Dangerfield was our third place Voss Buckley medalist on four votes. Carl's plenty of positives. Uh, I loved. I love really going in deep about talking about footy and game plans and stuff as well. What was your shank of the week, mate? It's time for a negative. Oh, well, my shank of the week goes to the the grand final entertainment. Um, whoever organised the song choices of those bands, and <laughs> Alia put it perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of one of our friends. Um, friend of the show. Friend of the show. Uh, these bands are young, hip. You know. They've 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 got a bit of a bit of edge, real edgy yep. type operators. You know How old I mean? are you? You're showing your age, mate. You're a dad now, aren't you? Oh, mate. Or they're I'm a hip. Dad. <laughs> they're hip. They're quite hip. Um, and the choices to play, like soft ballads. Yeah. Odd. To get the grand final going, and then have up there Kazali in the middle of it, mm. and then go back to a ballad that was like a soft one as well and then back to Joker and the Thief you almost feel like you only needed up there Kazali and then Joker and Joker the Thief, Thief. and that would have been, been fine it would have been, been fine I didn't need the share cover I didn't need you know <laughs> <laughs> that put me but virtually I'm sitting there like this is this is, this is taking the piss is it yeah. I'm pretty sure it is <laughs> this is surely like they're not televising this this isn't happening right now um I thought it was on par, at least meatloaf, okay? Yeah. With a bit grungy. A bit you know? fiery, yeah. A bit fiery, you know? <laughs> he couldn't sing. But the song was but, good. 
but you but you felt it, you know. You felt the pain and the agony in his voice, trying to hit those notes. Um, my 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 main shank this week yeah. comes from the back to the NRL grand final. Oh, I don't know if you heard. I don't know if you NRL. heard. I don't know if you heard Gould's commentary. No, uh, yes, I, I heard. I heard about this is one of the main reasons why I tuned into the grand final, NRL grand final. It was absolutely phenomenal. I was watching this first half, and I reckon if I was blind and could own and and, and was only able to hear, I would have thought Penrith were up by twenty two at halftime. <laughs> but he was saying things like they were in control, lucky to be up the storm. Only in front because of a penalty try, which was there, a turnover, which was a poor skill error from Penrith's behalf, and a disallowed try, which is 100% a forward pass. 22-0 down at half time, and to my shock, the Storm were up. <laughs> it was more bias in this game than Eddie Maguire commentating on a Pies game, and this was Kane Corn's level of flog oh. during the prelim against the uh, against um. Uh, Richmond last week yep. when he basically said, oh, that was a free kick and that was this on SEN. I thought it was absolutely shizen. So um, that that for me, <laughs> I, I know we're all for having our own commentary for, mm-hmm. you know, your own clubs, but to have an ex-CEO you know, CEO Player, of a club come in. Yeah, CEO. You know, Did he coach them as well? He wasn't coached, but he was probably. like general manager or something like that. Probably. Mate, I think it's... I honestly think that although the Channel 7 commentary wasn't biased, I still thought it was poor. I still thought it oh, was Oh, it was poor. shocking. We are at a real low level of sport commentary in this country right now. And I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I think poor Brucey needs to hang up the mic. He needs to focus. Yeah. Do, come back, Bruce, and get yourself ready for the Olympics. Do the yeah, swimming. Do the Olympics. Do special the comments. Olympics. Do the... The, the spring carnival, that's what you're good at, mate. But at footy, the rhetorical questions, are, they're, they're done. Like, I, you know, Wayne Wayne Carey's got no idea what he's talking about half of the time, you know. He's, you know, he's just a really, time. really nice bloke. You know, really, really nice, nice And then Brian, Brian Taylor's made for radio because what he's saying doesn't match what's happening on field. He's either using the wrong players' names or he's saying, oh, he's... Bomb the ball in when it's like a twenty-five meter stab pass. It's he's mm. he's exciting, but when it doesn't match what's going on that you're watching, it doesn't. It does, it's a real low point at the minute. And then what's yeah. the alternative? Basil Zemplis. He's now the mayor of Perth or something. Over the other day, <laughs> like oh Jesus Christ. What was but, your shank, mate? Um, the the worst publicity stunt of twenty twenty. Rebel yeah. Sport oh. went to the AFL and said, you know what we think will be really great? Let's take some of the hallowed turf of the MCG and ship it to Queensland and install it in the Gabba. Now, whoever at the AFL went, oh, you know what? That's a cracking idea, Rebel Sport. <laughs> You're going to pay for it and we'll promote it. What the hell? What a shank. So they ripped up part of the goal square and put it in the back of a truck. They made a big deal about, oh, here's the truck, Rebel Sports, going up the border. And then when they got to the Gabba, the same man who won't let people walk inside the centre square of the Gabba grounds, how do you reckon he's going to react to, hey, mate, can you just rip up like a three-by-one-metre square like in the goal square and we're just going to whack this bit of the MCG? How do you think he was going to react? No. Put it on the wing. That can go... (laughs) 
on the opposite side of the boundary line near the fence. You know what? Stick it on top of the AstroTurf. If it dies, it doesn't matter. It's worth nothing anyway. <laughs> what a freaking joke. Uh, That's bat- what my membership paid for this year, mate. The biggest shank. <laughs> and like people were saying, like it's tone deaf about, you know, people that don't have any jobs and what a waste of money. Not even from that. Who thinks of an idea of transport? Like the fact that we think that we need to have the MCG for grand final day and that three by one meters of grass from the MCG makes it like a oh, part of the G is there is mm. just not necessary. It wasn't necessary for me. Um, the other thing for me is being a prank fluencer. I didn't know that was a term. Um, the two guys who streaked but didn't even have the balls to get their balls out. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to quote their their page, but they do this whole... And I really hate it. I've hated it forever, but there's this um, culture through social media and things like that of, of pranking online and just doing dumb stuff to get views on you know, YouTube and TikTok and Instagram, whatever else. So, these two peanuts... Um, sh- invaded the ground uh, and were tackled pretty quickly by security. I think it's... I haven't recognized it at an AFL game for a long time. Obviously, we saw that the other guy who broke into um, during the year, but on a grand final, it's just to stop play during a grand final because two idiots decided to run onto the ground and then call themselves prank fluencers makes me a bit sick in my mouth, mate. <laughs> it makes me a bit sick in the mouth to be in the same generation as these two mm. peanuts. And then to post on the Instagram afterwards being like, you might have seen us on TV. Get an absolute grip. <laughs> Get a grip. Imagine enjoy calling yourself your, a prank fluencer, mate. Do you reckon your mum's proud of you? fine, mate. Do you reckon your mum's proud of you? Oh, yeah, 100%. Oh, love, loves her, boy. <laughs> Jesus, she better because no one else loves him. <sighs> <sighs> All right, I got that off my chest. Carl, we've come to the end of the episode. It's, it's why we've kind of like elongated it because I don't think we want it <laughs> to end. Don't want it to end. <laughs> <laughs> 76 episodes. Uh, you can go back and have a listen to uh, me ruin the English language. Uh, you pause and not know which word you want to say next. That's it. Uh, <laughs> but for me, uh, I just, I just really make quickly... Sure I, I just want to make sure I get it right. Oh, yeah? is that right? <laughs> You know, it's not that you just James, have a total mental blank Jack, and you're just like... Um, Jack Robottom, you know, you want to, you just want to make sure you get it right. And you know, I, I love... My favorite ones is... Now, you do... You usually gather yourself very well, but my favorite ones is when you go, um... And as soon as you look at me, I know you're in trouble because normally you'll like look away and try and gather yourself. But when you look at me, you'll pause and then you normally go, oh, shit, I've lost it. <laughs> <laughs> They're the ones I have to edit out. Which are the best ones? <laughs> They're the best ones. Um, for me, I just wanted to reflect on our time of doing this together. So, it's been a couple of years now. Um, I think actually it was it was my birthday uh, exactly three years ago. So, I, I'm, I'm, this year, my birthday is on Cup Day. So, you know, in November and we sat in the Napier Beer Garden and there's no doubt that we were inspired by our mates, Ali and Adrian, uh, who were making a podcast about the Italian soccer at the time. Um, and we'd spoken about it, but we wanted to bring our footy and beer chat to life. And I hope that you guys listening have enjoyed Carl and I talk absolute rubbish about footy like we would have if it was just the two of us having a beer, which is what it has been. All we've done is taken our regular... All we've done is taken our regular footy chat and recorded it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so look, I I I hope that you that you people along at home have enjoyed it. I've certainly loved it every second of it. There's still a video on my phone that I don't know about you, Carl, but I, I scroll back through my phone every now and then, and um, mm. especially like sometimes I'm trying to cull photos because I'm running out of space, or I'm just trying to run a trip down memory lane. At the end of our very first episode, we recorded in the front room back before your daughter was even born, mate. Back mm. before it was even a nursery. Back when it was still the office. That's it. And we had Harry Potter. We had the Harry Potter books, which were holding up the microphones on stands. <laughs> and we finished recording the first episode. We we'd went gone for nearly through, two hours. If we'd, <laughs> we'd gone through about five mics, I reckon, to yep. actually get there. <laughs> yep. Five SingStar mics. Five dollar, five dollar <laughs> wireless headsets. Yep. That we that you'd picked up that I've still got somewhere that just doesn't work. Oh, um, my! Oh, my works. I love it. It's great. <laughs> it's it's terrible, but it's great at the same time. And you know what you did in the video? I'm going to send it to you after this. You you had a Corona. You were drinking a Corona and it was about half finished. And we said, let's have another one to celebrate like the, the end of the first podcast. And I filmed the video just saying, yeah, first one in the books. How good is this? And you cut. Do you remember? No. You pick up You pick up your half finished and your fresh one and you double chug them both. <laughs> <laughs> you just do the little tornado swirl at the end with two beers. <laughs> Like this is this is the best thing I've ever done, got involved with. Uh, I don't remember that. Don't remember. Sounds I'll send like you the video. Like <laughs> Sounds like something I do. Uh, how have you felt doing this, mate? Oh, mate. I I think at the start at the start of the show, I actually started talking about it, and I thought, why haven't I recorded it? Because I didn't write anything down. But I'm going to try and remember what I said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but um, we I guess we we both come to uh, an agreement that we, we, we loved we love doing this and it's been something that I've enjoyed doing on the weekly you know I, I'm gonna here's the thing I'm gonna sit down and watch these games anyway because I love the game to be able to talk about it and talk about it with you know obviously my best mate is is such a like a joy and I'm lucky that I was able to do it and I couldn't couldn't have thought of doing it anyone else with you to be honest because I can't tolerate anyone else's <laughs> footy opinion. Um, besides or yours. no one tolerates Even our footy then. opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Even then, sometimes I can't tolerate it, but I put up with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> that, that's just fair. Like you, I'll cop that. Just, I'll cop that. Just like, just like you put up with mine. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's why we've been able to record 76 episodes together because we do have a good connection. We've been able to bounce off it, if I don't say so myself. I love it. Um, and, yeah, obviously I'm glad, glad we did it. Um, but right now, obviously, we have bigger aspiration, and that's weaning um, Div for grand final and becoming leading goal kicker and, and uh, the Brownlow medalist um, in Div for Brownlow medalist uh, for Div for, for uh, Vaffa. Uh, we're going to win the Brownlow Vaffa, <laughs> Vaffa um, Dandenong Masala. But <laughs> but having said that. Um, you know, we we have things that we want to continue doing. You know, I've got a young family now. Um, you know, both of us have have families now that we're where we're trying to build for. So it's come at a good time. It's come at the right time, I think. That's not to say we can't rule out doing something again in the future. We've got the platform. We've got the basis. You know, maybe it might be something a little bit different. Ooh. But I'm glad that we did it. Yeah. And for everybody else out there, I'm sure you're going to say something as well. No. If you've got an idea. And it starts in a beer garden like it did for us. Go ahead and do it. And even if, even if, even if not many people listen to it, and even if it's not something that 
you know, you think you can make money off or whatever. You do it because you love it. And that's why we've gotten this far because we love it. I love that. That's exactly and what I was going to say. I've loved the interaction from our fans. We have lots of um, awesome uh, fans out there, predominantly your school kids. <laughs> but, but there's a guy in Turkey that listens to our podcast every week. Every week. Thank you, wherever you are. I'm sure that's a VPN, but I'll take hey, I'll take it if you're nah, from Turkey. I'm taking it. There's a couple of guys from the US as well who tune in. Thanks, guys. No, thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I know there's not a lot of footy over there, and you know you need every little bit of fix yep. you can possibly get, so we appreciate it. Um, but it's been great getting to know sort of our little center half bench community as well, and um, you know, and and a massive work that you put into. I know we both put effort into the podcast, but I do want to point out that Brenton does do oh, a majority of the mixing. Um, he <laughs> does put together a lot of the social media, especially in the last year that um, you know I've had had my daughter, and he's taken on probably a little bit more than what I have in the last uh, year with the podcast. So I really appreciate being able to kind of just write my notes and, and, and come <laughs> and in rock and up. post a few things here and there. So, um, It's been an absolute the, pleasure, the mate. master behind the scenes. Thank you. I appreciate that. But in the same, in the same token, um, it's never been a chore. It's always been mm. something I look forward to. And as I kind of said, like we've just taken our regular footy chat and like we will still message each other furiously, especially when mm. we disagree, but even when we agree with each other, and then yeah. go, all right, I'm going to stop here, save it for the podcast. Like, you know, like, yeah. Um, Except now we can just keep going keep and going. go in a vicious we'll cycle yeah, where we'll just end up hating each other. I don't, now it'll just move to the change rooms at Box Hill North Footy Club where, where you'll just start telling me that I'm not kicking them to you well enough and we'll just go from there. <laughs> Brenton, 45 and 45. Is that you? I don't move... Rank? I don't know. I don't move out of out of that forty five degree zone from the goals. I like it near the boundary line. You put it out in front of me. You don't put it behind me. You don't put it on my feet. I don't like to bend down. Okay. Forty five centimeters from the goal line. I don't know about forty five inches. In stra- I'm fast in straight lines, but not if I have to change direction quickly. Okay. <laughs> Mate, it's very could, simple. If I can move, I'll be so happy. If I can play like five games next year, I'll be mm. stoked. My body is shot. <laughs> <laughs> I've been trying to run and like get all inspired and you know I'm so ready I'm going to I'm going to hit preseason training in like the fittest I've been. So I I've, I've been running for about 6 weeks. I like tore my quad last week. <laughs> <laughs> um I think you you were mentioning it before but I I also want to just reiterate if you have an idea that you want to give something a go um from both of us just do it. Have a mm. crack execute your ideas you need passions you need things to do on the side so if there's something you've been thinking about doing whether it's making a podcast whether it's starting a small online business whether it's going back and playing the sport you loved as a kid becoming a prank fluencer no no one needs to become a prank fluencer <laughs> especially in this post-covid world go and do it go and have mm. a crack and execute your ideas because carl you and me doing this together has been one of the best things that I've done for the last couple of years, mate. So, I just yeah, want to thank sure. you. Let's blow the siren yeah, there. Mate. You beauty. Oh, jeez, that feels good. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us here on the Centre Half Bench Podcast. As we said, it might not be goodbye, but just see you later. We might be back in a future way, but for now, it is farewell. Uh, you can check us out on the Where social. The line's going to finish next year. Where the line's, line's going to finish next year. <laughs> top four, top I two. I don't want this to end. I reckon we're a shot. I reckon we're a shot. You, you shot. watch Joe Danaher come in. It's, he's a big shot. Pie, pies, pies, lines 
Grand Final 2020. Prize Lions Grand Final. Yeah. You, you heard it on the 26th of the 10th, 2020. Episode 76 Dynasty. Prize Lions Grand Final. That's it. <laughs> start start of the, the great rivalry again. It'll be Collingwood, Brisbane premier, uh, Premiership for the next uh, oh. three or four years. Oh, I love that. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much. As we said, uh, thanks for all your support. Thanks for tuning in. Yeah, and, thanks, uh, thanks to everyone. We really appreciate it. For the last time, Carl, go Lions! Go Pies!